Welcome to this podcast, which sounds a little more creepy because this is entitled Dying, Grieving, and the Pandemic. Let's begin. Facebook has become an obituary. Many profile pictures have become candles, black ribbons, black backgrounds for relative friends and acquaintances. In the past, COVID-19 was just statistics we monitor. Now, it is a horror movie we cannot dare watch anymore, but couldn't turn off either. The movie is so interactive that the terror is knocking on our doors while others have it within the households already. The scare is real and the serial killer is on the loose mutating to other variants, consuming several letters of the Greek alphabet. But COVID-19 is not synonymous to death. The death rate among all cases remains low at 1.67%. But these are people who succumb to death are beloved members of an extended family, treasure friends to many, valued members of a community and Filipinos who could be dreaming of a better Philippines in their dying moments. There is no conclusion in comparing our statistics with the global norm because these are still deaths. There is no victory in realizing it kills less as compared with other causes of death because these are still deaths. There is no relief in rationalizing that government is excellent and we are doing something to stop it because these are still deaths. The fact is many are dead. More are in the critical condition. Much more are grieving for their loss and everyone lives with care for an enemy that is so real. Death is surely a part of life and not the opposite of it. It completes a cycle of life with a beginning and an end. But death from COVID-19 is a lonely death enduring painful symptoms alone. And anticipating cremation returns your flesh to ashes to be brought home in an urn. Thank God there are compassionate medical frontline health workers who could at least hold their hands in with empathy during those dying moments. But the dying must be as difficult as the grieving and bereavement experienced by the family who will never have the chance to care for the dying, to embrace the body, to comfort and to console, or even to undergo the normal process of mourning and grieving. And by the way, many COVID-19 deaths were preventable and unnecessary. Dying and grieving or bereavement go through human processes that are understood and explained by theorists. This is not to intellectualize over and to romanticize the death and dying experience to many, but to explain and describe the phenomenon to bring greater meaning to this inevitable human experience. The dying person undergoes a journey through Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, 
acceptance as introduced by Kubler-Ross. Denial is the usual psychological defense to anything unpleasant with a response that communicates the message, no, not me. A usual diagnosis of a dread, a disease or condition that will lead a person, the family or even the medical professional to get a second opinion, take other confirmatory tests or simply express doubt over the objective evidence that led to the diagnosis. These behaviors are unconscious to resolve the anxiety and use denial, which is the safest available psychological defense with prayerful hope that the findings is false and that the bad news is not true. Once denial fails and the bad news is confirmed, anger state asks the question, why me? This relieves the tension from within, rationalizing over the person's unworthiness to be in that situation. Anger is the, I repeat, anger is the emotional state of wanting to project the situation on a blameable external factor soothing the psychological trauma within. After the anger is exhausted, partial acceptance sets in through bargaining where the person accepts the reality with wishful thinking and unconditional results saying yes me but here is where a solution of conflict may need to be addressed ahead of the anticipated death bargaining tightens the burden of death by fixing what may still be fixed and by creating a more ideal pre-departure setting Realizing the limited time in anticipation of death, the person becomes more passively responding with depression, which need to be the clinical state, but an emotional sadness to say, yes, me, I want to be alone. And disconnects to acceptance where the person surrenders to the inevitable and will communicate the message, I am ready, my time has come. The above theory explains and describes the psychological state of a person in a dying experience. Grieving or bereavement is a person's experience of and a state of dissolution resulting from a loss, not necessarily death. But yes, this applies to family members and friends who lost someone through death. It was also following a process. Engels' model enumerates steps or stages which starts with shock and disbelief followed by developing awareness then restitution resolving the loss then idealization and lastly outcome shock and disbelief is where there may be intellectual acceptance but emotional denial of the loss grief is much less traumatic cognitively than emotionally Developing awareness is where there is a consciousness of the reality of the loss. Here is why grieving is derailed in the absence of the cadaver to prove such death. Restitution is a part of mourning that includes rituals, which actually is not for the dead, but for the living. This is the part that is deprived in COVID-19 deaths because the wake and other burial rites are limited, if not prohibited. Resolving the loss is through a focus on the thoughts about the deceased, 
Idealization represses all negative feelings towards the deceased. Here is why there is sympathy and not empathy for the dead. Because sympathy is subjective and empathy is objective. Every dead person is accorded good memories or at least forgiven for the bad ones. The outcome stage happens when the psychological dependence on the deceased is reduced as interest in new relationships and experiences resumes. And life goes on and moves forward. Mourning is a socially conventional bereavement behavior after death. We feel this from people around us these days. And we cannot be grateful enough to celebrate our own safety and life as we bear witness to how many lives others have lost. The grief cycle of shock, protests, and disorganization brings us to the challenge of reorganizing lives forward. We are all mourning, grieving, and bereaved. And if careless and unlucky could be dying sooner or later. Well, life ends in the same way. But indeed, the difference is on how we live and how we will die. As one ends a life in this pandemic experience, those who are left behind should not fear beginning life anew without those they may have lost. This is because the dead are not dead in those who left behind unless they are forgotten. It is in death of many that we value our lives more and everything essential around it, which this pandemic has defined so well. The deaths become a reminder that they left us, but they were not able to bring with them their material wealth, but as a legacy of how they lived their lives through the footprints that are left. With prayers for the lives we have lost and the life we are still blessed to keep. Thank you for listening.